right one super giant pizza, plain, nothing on it, and I'd like that delivered as soon as possible. Girls! Um, some people, you know, they have their doubts because at the very beginning, I mean, we had thought, you know, maybe they're referencing, you know, drugs or something else as well. But the thing is, is that the uh, cheese pizza terminology, some people don't know this, uh, and we're not pulling it out of our asses, so to speak. It, it's a legitimately bona fide, confirmed code used by pedophiles dating back to the early internet, uh, as far back as like the late 90s. Uh, cheese pizza, meaning the acronym of that being CP, uh, matching up with right. child Hello, and welcome to Dystopian Deep Dives with your host, Natalie Donna. What follows is an interview with a YouTuber named Memory Hold, whose channel was recently purged around the same time that my video was purged about Pizzazz Gate. So this is an interview with Memory Hold. His new channel is Memory Hold 2.0. You can find him there. And what follows is a discussion about the possible connections of international organizations, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, and the entire Pizzazzgate crew. Without further ado, here's our episode. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Uh, we finally got our communication skills together <laughs> and, and uh, decided to record uh, a little episode here. And the reason I'm having you on is because you have one of the most, I think, comprehensive and easy to watch, and I'm going to call it Pizzazzgate video, <laughs> to try to, yeah, circumvent some YouTube censorship, which we should also talk about. So just to catch everybody up, I mean, who is part of this, this Pizzazzgate network that's involved, deeply involved in human trafficking? You've connected a lot of dots. So who are some yeah, big players I, like Les Wexner, et cetera? Yeah, there's some people that you'd be extremely surprised about, and even I was surprised about it. And in fact, that's pretty much why I got into this, because I was astonished to see just the level of people that, you know, at the very least are affiliating themselves with, with uh, or surrounding themselves rather with people that you and I more than likely would, would never be caught dead with. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you can look at anywhere from, you know, high-level Hollywood uh, celebrities, but most most importantly is uh, the politicians. Yeah. I mean, when you start examining the Jeffrey Epstein syndicate, uh, you start to realize that this goes up to world leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've got Ehud Barak, the former prime minister of Israel, that was very tight with Jeffrey Epstein. We have obviously former president Bill Clinton with uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> being highly sure. connected to them as well. And this same thing, you know, you get lots of celebrity pictures with the Epstein crew, too. So that ties in the whole Hollywood angle. And, you know, you can always argue, oh, well, they did. They just weren't aware of, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's predilections or this or that. Uh, but if you're making that argument, uh, you, you'd run out of breath because you'd have to make that argument with just how many people are, are involved in this. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I reference Jeffrey Epstein uh, to answer that question because he's the one that really ties the big names together. Mm -hmm. And that's where the big names become visible. He's sort of like the fusion center for the entire operation, it seems. Right. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein, I think Les Wexner is a huge one. <clears throat> James Elephantis. Uh, you have those terrifying Instagram photos that just cannot be explained, in my opinion. I'm like, explain this. This isn't funny. I like to yeah. consider myself a humorous person. I'm like, what is this? What is this? 
Yeah, I've got a dark, I've got a real dark sense of humor myself, but you look at that and I think uh, Mouthy Buddha in Pedogate, he, mm-hmm. he had put it pretty, in a, in a pretty good way. He was like, at what point does, does, does it uh, no longer say something about the artist, but rather says something about the collector of mm-hmm. that art, if they're collecting exclusively uh, images depicting the most just horrendous things. But yeah, so James Alafantis, he's the uh, owner of Comet Ping Pong in Washington, D.C., which is kind of where it all started, arguably. Some people would argue that, but, you know, he's apparently famous and power- powerful enough to be affiliated with the likes of John Podesta. That was Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman for her 2016 election. Uh, Tony Podesta, that's John's brother, he's also a major player. And that's where uh, a lot of the art connection does come in because mm-hmm. it's Tony Podesta primarily collecting uh that type of art terrifying uh, you've got, you've, yeah it's it's really scary and you know this marina abramovic mm-hmm. is another name that you'd want to affiliate yourself with she she's famous for what's known as spirit cooking which is the the blood yeah, play essentially I was, I was very disgusting do, it's, it's it's so it's actually it's really strange because she's this wild like we're supposed to believe that she's like this performance artist and you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. Because I, I know some art kids, and I'm like, yeah, you guys are kind of weird. But yeah. I just don't know why she's the name on everyone. You know what I mean? Like, I know her name. You know her name. We all know her name for a reason, right? And it's all these really creepy people hanging out with her. Lady Gaga, you know, she could have a whole episode, yeah. obviously. So just to yeah. tie it into the art, what I thought was really interesting about the work that you've done is that you've talked about something called the Art and Embassies Program. What is that? Yeah, so the Art and Embassies Program, I think, is where uh, the art really does become an important aspect. So you had just uh, got done discussing or or explaining how this art is very disturbing. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, art is subjective. You know, it it speaks to uh, people in different ways, right? You can't really judge someone about the art they collect necessarily, right? Uh, And that's precisely why I think they got into this, because it's entirely a subjective Mm -hmm. realm, okay, that uh, you can interpret different than another person. So I think that's one of the reasons they got into this, but the art and embassies program is something, uh, it's a state department program that I believe was, uh, it's a bit, it's about 50 years old. Uh, it includes people like Marina Abramovic, the Mm -hmm. spirit cooker, uh, with the blood stuff, disgusting art, uh, as well as Hillary Clinton. And the idea is to, uh, spread cultural diplomacy across the world through art. That's the UN's goal. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's nothing like spreading diplomacy, like, you know, shipping dead kid art to U.S. embassies across the world. So you start looking into the, uh, uh, excuse me, the art and embassies program, and what you begin to realize is that this is where James Alephantis's power, in my opinion, comes from. Mm -hmm. So everyone makes the joke, oh, how does a pizza guy uh, hang out with all these powerful people? How is a pizza guy listed as one of the top 50 most powerful people in D.C.? It's because it isn't uh, him being a pizza shop owner. He's brokering multi-million dollar deals through art. And it's precisely through this type of program that he's Mm -hmm. making the money from. So you figure what happens is they ship this art globally uh, through cargo shipping containers or whatever it might be. But the issue is, is being as it's a State Department program, they need to set up their own specific security and logistics for that, right? So 
but it's also extremely sensitive. You can't have just random companies handling this if you're sending things to U.S. embassies. You know, you can sneak in any any type of terrorist event could happen. People could sneak in bombs. People can attack. It's a vulnerability. So they need to use specialized teams uh, that the State Department uses in order to accomplish that. But the special thing that people need to realize is that their special teams can circumvent the entire security process that anyone else has to otherwise go through. So uh, container checks Mm -hmm. when the ships dock at the ports. Mm -hmm. Uh, What happens is they usually get checked by whatever it is over there, scanners for like radiation in some places and just, you know, um, physical uh, boots on the ground checks. This program circumvents that by installing their own team to do the checks. Uh, It circumvents TSA at the airports. So these these materials don't have to go through the TSA. They don't have to go through port checks. Even crazier is this is one of the few programs or the teams are one of the few people that have access to planes uh, while on the tarmac before takeoff. Mm. So that means that out of all, you, this is never really allowed. Try to get on a tarmac uh, to approach an airplane before it takes off. See how quickly you last, or rather how quickly you get arrested. These people can approach the plane with no problem, which would uh, basically permit them to to accomplish any last minute type of loading onto airplanes, cargo, things like that, completely, um, you know, without prying eyes. Right. And uh yeah, and it, and it goes even deeper than that because, you I mean, say, our, all oh. of our favorite characters are involved in it. Marina Abramovic, Tony Podesta as well, uh, Jeff Koons. Jeff Koons was oh a gentleman God. that was previously... <laughs> Worst art ever oh, what as was well. That? I, I yeah. cannot stand his giant balloon dog animals. Um, anyway... Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's got I just think it's garbage and and we could t- have a whole conversation about art and and you know uh the history of art etc. Um but what I I didn't mean to interrupt you but what I wanted to ask no. you was did you say something about live cargo being an exception through this program? Yes, so there's details. Now this can be taken a few different ways and I'm not entirely sure mm-hmm. how to take it, but it is suspicious in, in the sense that we know what these people are up to. They're connected to genuine on the books mm-hmm. sex traffickers. So yeah. we have to be suspicious of that. Uh, but apparently they have the ability to ship perishables uh, through these containers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can, so okay, now that pair that up with what you had said, uh, Marina Abramovic is interested in uh, living art right so she very much turns human beings into the art pieces Uh, so it's just kind of interesting that not only are do they have the ability to ship perishables with absolutely no oversight Mm. um but she's also interested in living art and the same person is in the state department program out of all the people in the world that you can choose it's this woman that's connected to multiple uh, shady figures. It's important. I think art and embassies is, and I stick by that. I've talked about it forever. I think this is truly one of the more important angles of uh, Pizzagate that people have to understand because what we could very well be looking at on the most extreme side of the spectrum. And again, do we have enough evidence to stand up in court to prove my assertion? No, but that's not the point here. The point is just outlining and illuminating these suspicious behaviors and activities among mm-hmm. some very seedy individuals. This angle, the Art and Embassies program, proves that they have complete control uh, logistically mm-hmm. over the oceans if indeed they did choose uh, to get up to no good. 
Right. And uh, I think there's some other NGOs involved, uh, some environmental group connections. Uh, you mentioned submarines and things like this, but just to backtrack a little, we said that there were some verified uh, people that they were connected with, you know, sex trafficking people, human trafficking. Uh, and I, I believe like one of them, I guess in one of your videos was John of God. I think, has he been, catch me up on his case because I wasn't really paying that much attention when that was going on, but these are huge yeah. people, right? Oprah endorses people don't get that. It's such a big problem. And if you think about it, it's one of the most censored topics out there. You're not supposed to talk about it. There was a huge purge on YouTube, you know, I, it was you, uh, your original channel got taken down. Um, so just to, yeah, I just want to ask you about John of God and Oprah, just because it's just, people are just like, what, who are these people? And it's like, no, you don't get it. It's like very, you know, important people in our popular culture that have a huge say in, in what you think and feel. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on about that. This is uh, one of the pro it's it's kind of considered an open secret. Uh, people like to say that, you know, slavery has been abolished. Uh, right. It have been a few uh, random corners of, of the world. But here's the thing. It's really just gone underground mm -hmm. and even gotten bigger. I'd argue I don't want to get into statistics here because I don't right. know them off That's the top fine. of my head. But I'd argue that, you know, it's, it's bigger. a huge uh, deal. It's a worldwide empire uh, network. Yes. And there are so many different uh it's not just these top people in our governments either. You know, there's uh, mafia influence in, in different countries. You know, books have been written about exactly. this. I don't know why exactly. people don't take it seriously. So, <laughs> John yeah. of God, NGOs, there's just so much involved. Um, right. So with John of God, I was going to say with him, the connections there is he's a spiritual healer from Brazil. He was arrested in, I believe it was 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, and the allegations that were leveled against him by whistleblowers, including his own daughter, uh, was that essentially he was running a baby farm. Now, this is the gentleman yeah. that's a spirit, uh, spirit healer. He's the type of dude that, uh, I don't know, pulls slugs out of people's throats and says they, they he got rid of their illness or whatever it is. If you've seen those types of healers, mm -hmm. those woo woo healers before. Uh, Oprah had illuminated him and shot him to stardom through featuring him in one of her shows, one of right. her episodes. And um, with John of God, he was uh, basically alleged to have run a baby farm. Uh, he would uh, rape women and then he, they'd give birth. Um, and he'd make the women work in his minds. Now, these are the allegations, but he'd make them work in his minds for about a decade. Mm. Uh, and then he, he'd murder them after after a decade, and he'd be selling the children around $15,000 apiece to uh, parents around the world. Now, the thing about John of God is, is that Bill Clinton is rumored to have utilized his spiritual healing practices, but mm. who we definitely have on record being affiliated with him is Naomi Campbell. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my goodness. So that's, there's the Les Wexner uh, connection there, so that's yeah. uh, Victoria's Secret. Yeah, Les I think Wexner modeling and Secret. art are a huge deal, for sure. Absolutely. And we have to remember, too, that Naomi Campbell was a uh, passenger on Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Express, his mm -hmm. private plane, so 
So there's a connection there. Uh, we have, um, yep, I mentioned Oprah, Marina Abramovic. Uh, there's images of Marina Abramovic, the spirit cooker, the same woman involved in a State Department program to ship art to U.S. embassies around the world. Uh, she's photographed with John of God. She even partook yeah. in some of his, uh, I don't know what you'd call them, but... Uh, yeah, there's an image of her just well, with a she flashlight says that looking in the down privacy, someone's eyes. Like, yeah, she says that in the privacy of her own home that it's not even art at that point. Like, she fully admits it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to talk about substantial stuff with her, she treats the people who work for her terribly. I have some people who know some performance artists in the Los Angeles area, and they've, you know, said things like this to me. Um... So I just wanted to ask you if there, you know, you've connected the NGOs from the Arden Embassy. There's the weird sort of environmental group. Um, yeah. What What is that all about? There's like, I mean, I, I'm not sure, but did you say something about Ghislaine Maxwell and submarines? Yes, absolutely. So I'm working on something pretty big uh, mm. right now okay. regarding the Terramar angle. So she is part of a uh, nonprofit organization formed in 2012 called Terramar uh, that's specifically dedicated to uh, ocean preservation. Right. And the way that she was uh, going to execute this and get the world interested in doing this is uh, she was uh, having people volunteer, excuse me, volunteer to become ocean citizens is what she called them. Yeah, uh, they would come with passports. They would come with, you know, different titles. You can be an ambassador. You could be a citizen. You could be a this or a that. But the idea is you take an oath, right, to protect uh, a certain portion of the ocean uh, that you claim. So it's kind of like you literally can go on her website, claim a part of the ocean, and then you know swear an oath to protect it. Now, how an average person swears an oath to protect a piece of ocean uh, that's unregulated in the middle of, uh, I don't know, nowhere, basically, uh, is beyond me. But it's extremely important. And this is an angle that, although people know about, I feel is far, far, far mm -hmm. uh, underestimated in its importance and its... Uh, uh, just it's vast in its scope, basically. Right. So, uh, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell, in my opinion, is arguably more important than Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. um, she's the one that ties in the intelligence agency. She's the one that ties in state sponsorship. She's the one that is involved in Terramar, which is speaking to the United Nations about this. Right. She was the representative speaking to the UN itself. So regarding the Terramar angle, you're right about the submarine thing. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is a certified submersion pilot. Um, she does deep dives in the ocean. She pilots these things. Uh, they're even partnered with, um, oh, what is it? They, they have affiliations with a company that uh, creates yachts that double as submarines. <laughs> and course. this, right, this is where we're talking. This is where we get into literal international water yeah. territory. All right. So the idea of Terramar, let me uh, look at my notes here, because this is really where it gets interesting. I have my own uh, theory in the sense of, um, these people are buying islands very close to each other. They mm -hmm. essentially have islands neighborhoods uh, peppered across places like uh, the Virgin Islands, uh, the Caribbean, and uh, other places as well. Now, these people that are buying islands next to each other or within a close proximity, uh, they're all friends. And these friends just so happen to promote Terramar. 
uh, Richard Branson being one of them, mm, who just so happens to also be involved with Nexium. submersibles. Um, so there's any number of connections, but we can even tie James Elephantis into the Terramar thing. I'll give you an example. Uh, Dr. Sylvia Earle is a world-renowned scientist. She's a deep-sea diver. Uh, she is considered to be one of the founders of Terramar, okay, and that's Sylvia Earle. Uh, she makes movies about ocean preservation, yeah. uh, environmentalism, things like that. One of the people that starred in one of her movies uh, was a girl named Maggie Nixon. Uh, now, Maggie Nixon, her mom is friends with James Alephantis from Comet Ping Pong. Mm -hmm. So that's a mind blower to me because, again, uh, these things aren't so separate as you might think. It's not a direct connection from Aliphantus to Terramar, but of course, like the point I'm trying to prove is, of course, it's a stone's throw away. These people, they're all within the same group. So I think my theory is with, with the Terramar thing is they were clearly interested in maritime law and international waters. They are all buying uh, islands that just so happen to be logistical hubs for trafficking of weapons, drugs, mm -hmm. and other crimes. One of the most interesting things I, I thought about some of your work was that I and I don't know my friend sent me your work so <laughs> I'm like wow this guy's amazing and you right. were and I think this probably is circulating on other you know sort of internet hubs that I don't pay attention to but what are some of these like source codes that you were talking about when was that exposed I know now if you are was it Yandex exclusive or was it all search engines that you could do this with? So it was all search engines. And I want to tell you a funny backstory about this because uh, I I've been working on that angle since 20, I think it was 2018. I was working on two different angles. I was working on Instagram uh, pedophilia and just seeing if there's anything we can glean from there in terms of like modeling agencies mm -hmm. uh, and, and their abuse. But then I was tipped off uh, to a website called uh, imagesource.ru. It's a Russian image hosting uh uh, forum mm. uh, known for its child abuse imagery. I'm pretty mm. sure it's set up as a honeypot, to be honest with you. I think that's the only reason it's still it's still up. The police are known to host websites of child porn in order to capture the IP addresses of people sharing right. images across. But um, time went on, and while simultaneously researching both of those things, okay, Instagram and image source, I began to see that the same Instagram models and the agencies that took those pictures of those child models are appearing on imagesource.ru. Mm. Now, that's not so out of the ordinary. People uh, save photos of anything, and you can find them anywhere on the Internet. But I thought it was very specific that there was a particular group of Instagram models that I had already separately deemed at being at risk. I, yes. the, the way the images are taken, the way uh, the profiles are monitored, but the, the pedophilic comments are still left up. Very suspicious. It tells me that they're enabling it or complacent uh, in it or, or even worse, uh, facilitating the abuse. Uh, so when these girls, not just any Instagram models, but the same exact models from the same exact group I identified started appearing on these websites, I began to realize that uh, it seems like that's kind of like a source of this material. But fast forwarding here, I begin to realize from picking up on the language mentioned within comments on that website, comments, uh, usernames, uh, titles of the albums, some of them made sense, but some of them looked to be code. 
And, mm. you know, I hesitate to use the word code, but they're, they're like co-opted terms um, mixed in with some, you know, nonsensical codes like string of digits. So what I began to do was I wanted to figure out more about that website. So I began to plug in those codes mm. into all search browsers. So what I did was, uh, you know, Google, Yandex, and Bing. Um, Primarily. And what I began to realize is that, um, you know, if you were to search for like a basic search that, you know, some pedo would search for, right? Like a hot little girl, something disgusting, okay? Yeah, exactly. uh, nothing shows up, right? right. Uh, thank God. Right. Yeah. However, you know, this gives the impression, or rather, it gives you the illusion that they've done a pretty good job at eliminating mm -hmm. uh, this child abuse content from the web. Uh, however, it's actually the complete opposite. They've only gotten better at finding ways to supply it to you because when you input the codes, it's almost like you open a door and it just floods in. You don't oh. even get any other results other than disgusting child abuse imagery. Wow, really? So uh, when, when you were to yes. put these, and was it just Yandex or was it all of these search engines? All of them, because the amount of content that's present with it. And here's the thing. It's like you can plug these codes in, not like I would ever suggest anyone to do so. Yeah. Uh, but it's like there, it does take some vigor to even access the illegal material. So thank God if someone were to accidentally, I don't know how, plug these codes in. You know, mm. you're not going to be breaking the law or anything, but you would see enough to indicate, oh, boy, if I keep going, I bet this is going to get bad. Now, the thing about these codes are uh, is that uh, you can even plug in variations of them and it doesn't work right. um, meaning meaning that the algorithms are specifically designed it seems or for some reason uh, you know designed to yield this content with very very specific terms um, wow. and even yeah and even worse is what happens is they're what they're doing now is they're using deep learning right. uh, uh, neural neural networks um, to to uh, within their algorithms, which is different. They used to base their searches only on keyword searches. So if you search for Terramar in Google images, you know, you would get also images of Ghislaine Maxwell across all these websites because the keyword is Terramar. Right. But now what they're doing is they're using visual recognition uh, among other things to mm. detect the type of image and the contents within that image to then yield images uh, that are similar based on the algorithm's ability to visually recognize things. Right. So in other words, the algorithms are saying, oh, that's a five-year-old girl in a bikini in a sexy pose, time to yield more results like it. Now, that is absurd, in my opinion. So, you know, you go back to back in 2015 when they apparently started to become a problem, or 2013 rather, where they began to overhaul their systems, apparently. They even said they're inventing exotic new technology uh, algorithmically to combat the child porn. I just feel like and, the truth is if they wanted to stop it, they could, and they just don't. Exactly. They don't want that's to stop it. That's precisely it. it. No, I just, that's exactly I it. I don't, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, computers... You can teach computers, you know, how to do lots of things. You could obviously, and the fact that they've created ways around the regular stupid person thing, right? Right. People don't understand. There's a huge dark web under, you know, the stupid Facebook that they look at all day or, yep. you know, everything else. Like, there's ways that these elite people communicate to each other. Precisely. And, I mean, I don't like to use the word code either because then you go back to Pizzazz Gate. And, uh, and, and that could be anything, you know what I mean? Like um, lots of people make the argument, well, you know, maybe it's drugs. 
And, right. you know, it could be drugs, but my argument is sort of from the standpoint that if you're one of the most rich and powerful people in the whole world, you could do whatever you want. Even Trump says this, right? He says, he said he still got elected president, you know? And exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. really very it's funny. It's so, it, uh, and I think, you know, that's, that's part of a different discussion about how I feel like they sort of have to hide in plain sight. Yes, um, yeah, they absolutely do. I, I, and with the codes, too, um, some people, you know, they have their doubts because at the very beginning, I mean, we had thought, you know, maybe they're referencing, you know, drugs or something else as well. But the thing is, is that the uh, cheese pizza terminology, some people don't know this uh, and we're not pulling it out of our asses, so to speak. It, it's a legitimately bona fide confirmed code used by pedophiles dating back to the early Internet mm -hmm. uh, as far back as like the late 90s. Uh, cheese pizza, meaning the acronym of that being CP, uh, matching up with right. child porn, right? Yeah. Uh, so when you begin to see that language that's already been well established on the internet uh, being used within the Bethesda emails, now you're in some dangerous waters here because you can never prove that the code is actually representative of what you think it is, which is precisely why they use the codes to begin with. Right. Um, that is, And if you think about it too, they hide in plain sight uh, because it casts the illusion and it has a powerful grip on our minds that the very people you see on television or in your favorite movies, it gives you the impression subconsciously there's no way they can be up to no good. That surely there's no way. So it actually gives them uh, the benefit of plausible deniability, mm. a.k.a. you sound ridiculous for saying pizza means kids. Uh, but also it gives people a very difficult time in reconciling even the possibility that their favorite actor uh, or their favorite, you know, politician or whatever is, is engaged in these types of things. But I uh, created kind of like a formula that I think everyone needs to stick to because, um, you know, doing this work, especially when you deal with this subjective realm and notice once again, they're hiding behind this, uh, like the subjectiveness of all of this between whether it's art, whether it's code, everything they do, it's very slippery. It's like, it, it's <laughs> nebulous and it, it slips between your hand, your fingers, you know, it's very hard to hold on to. It's not like they're talking about this, uh, in plain, in plain language, but I get a lot of emails and messages of people sending me logos mm. of, you know, pedo symbols, right. but even though I appreciate it in a lot of ways, but m most of the time it is not a good example. And the reason for that is you must be able to parent these logos, this language, whether it's the pizza code or the actual, you know, FBI pedo symbols, you have to pair that up uh, with something in real life that reinforces that. So the rule is for myself is if you find a pedo logo, or if you see language that's weird, kind of like coded almost, uh, you have to take the person that's using yes. that logo or code, and then you have to start to analyze, do they have allegations in the past of sexual abuse? Do they surround themselves with abusers? Do they surround themselves with the likes of Epstein? Uh, are they just in general friendly and open to people that otherwise don't deserve it? That would reinforce the logo itself. Can't just go by the, so it's very tricky waters. But what's also interesting is, you know, people want to laugh about the code and everything. When in reality, let's look at Dr. Pizza. Don't know if you've ever heard of him. He was the writer for Ars Technica, um, some tech writer, I guess. He was outspoken about Pizzagate in 2016 uh, because his name was Dr. Pizza on Twitter. He said, oh boy, I hope the Pizzagate guys don't get me given that pizza's in my name. Oh, but just making fun of us nonstop. Yeah. Well, he got, yeah, you know, he ended up getting arrested uh, for arranging 
um, with a parent who was actually an FBI informant uh, to abuse a three-year-old. Um, now, his name is Dr. Pizza. That is not a coincidence. Now, could you say for sure that was his intention? No, of course not. But that's precisely the point. The people Dr. Pizza was broadcasting to, well, they they know, they understand. They would see his name and they would message him, you know, hey, I'm, I'm similar to you, you know? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think a part of it is sort of this uh, kind of humiliation situation uh, yeah. where the people who are sort of paying attention, I mean, these things are, are definite facts. Like if we talk about, let's say, Hillary Clinton, uh, I mean, a, an entire video about, you know, how she was connected to that woman in Haiti who was trying yes. to smuggle... You know, or, or or it was an orphanage, sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, basically right. trying to s smuggle kids in, in a time of crisis because what I find more and more is that these so-called humanitarian organizations, all of these NGOs, UN, all of these things, you name it, they sort of do this reversal where you're like, okay, we're going to say that we're doing this one thing. We're putting on this face to the public, but behind the scenes, we're doing all this really messed up stuff. Yes, um, absolutely. And there I are, think... there's evidence too to support, I think, a lot of the trafficking and people just, they just can't, they get away with it, you know, because it's at the highest echelons of society. And people, I think, also don't realize that that's not a huge group of people. And we're not talking about like your average investment banker, right? We're not talking right. about even that guy who has maybe a nice penthouse or whatever. We're talking about, first of all, Jeffrey Epstein, a guy who, who somehow mysteriously got, got to live in one of the nicest, what was the most expensive apartment in all of Manhattan? Like, right. This, yep. is, this is an, uh, an upper level of society that like, like, likes to remain hidden. But they still, I think, you know, there's always a little bit of a reveal. Um, yep. And, and we know this. And, and people, if they, would, if they would actually do a little bit of research, and that's why I do this work, because I kind of want to try to deliver it to them in a way that, you know, they can just turn this on and do something else or whatever. Um, yeah. Because pe people like you or, or even myself, you know, I, I feel as if they're sort of a rare... <laughs> <laughs> a rare breed, let's say, who's gonna first of all, it's a little masochistic to like involve yourself looking at all of this stuff and like being like, oh my god, why is the world so messed up? You know, right. <laughs> it's like absolutely, you know, and we're, we're going through another, you know, I think massive psyop here, um, with you know, COVID, but that's a whole yeah. nother episode and you've made uh you've made some other episodes about that too absolutely so you've you've made you have quite a prolific channel and and uh it's a how many subscribers did you have before youtube yeah, yeah no with before i got banned on youtube yeah, i've been many? doing this since 2017 um and it wasn't until 2019 that i began to get any level of of traction um mm. so when they banned me i believe i was somewhere between 23 and 24,000 subscribers um and I know that uh, I had gotten to like 10,000 wow. subscribers. But then when I collaborated with Mounty Buddha on mm. Pedogate, that kind of skyrocketed the amount of subscribers because he has a huge base. Right. But I wanted to also tack on with uh, what you were saying um, and the, uh, 
about about these uh, adoption agencies and uh, Hillary Clinton and Laura Silsby. Mm. So we have to remember that that's actually kind of where it started. This was already on record before the Podesta emails were mm-hmm. were released. Laura Silsby was arrested some time ago. I believe it was 2010. But I want to I want to mention that this adoption agency thing. Um, if you recall, John of God was obviously, uh, you know, uh, giving the children to parents through some mechanism. But the idea of owning, how do I explain it, owning the origin point of a child uh, in order to make it so there's no paper trail, right? So if you are farming babies, uh, uh, they, there is no social security numbers. There right. are no legitimate paper trails. No one is missing, right? There's no one looking for them. Um, but we see this theme pop up. And if you look very carefully at some people that reappear around these folks, you will see that they have an interest in either orphanages or adoption agencies. So an example here, of course, was Laura Silsby. Now she was part of the New Life Child Refuge group. Um, and she she took children in Haiti from something called Friends of the Orphans, uh, mm-hmm. catch line, raising children, transforming lives. Now, yeah. it was 33 kids that she abducted, and she yeah. tried to leave with them on a bus, but she got arrested for it. And uh, what ended up happening was um, she was given a lawyer. His name was Jorge Pueyo. And yes. uh, during the trial, <laughs> okay. um, the Clintons intervened in, in her trial. And there's a reason that she went from uh, being convicted or arrested for abducting 33 lives uh, and ended up getting off with um, irregular or uh, inability to document travel or something like that. Mm. It was literally like a traveling restriction that uh, or citation that she ended up leaving with. Um, so God, she's out now. Um, she is working for a company called Alert Sense. Um, people kind of conflate the idea of Amber Alert being the same thing as Alert Sense. It's not. She doesn't work for Amber Alert itself, but she does work with it, uh, a company that creates the alerts that Amber Alert uses. Uh, so when you mentioned mm-hmm. something poignant before where you said these people get involved in the very things uh, that they're doing. Uh, you know, anti-human trafficking organizations, NGOs, they literally join these things, but then are actually doing those crimes themselves. So once again, we see that with Laura Silsby being a part of a team, Alert Sense, that would have control over, you know, missing children alerts. This is where the banger comes in, though. Jorge Pueyo, her lawyer, uh, was arrested for human trafficking himself. Yes, yes. (laughs) After after Laura got off. Uh, On top of that, Friends of the Orphans, on the board of directors of Friends of the Orphans, the place she stole the kids from, is a man named uh, Max Maccabee. Uh, Max Maccabee is a high-profile D.C. lawyer. Now, would it surprise you to say that Max Maccabee serves as James Elephantis' lawyer? No. <laughs> yeah, no. There it is. Not there it is. So, again, stones throw away. Just one piece disconnected. Mm. Uh, you know, and Mac, uh, his father, Michael Maccabee, is highly involved in, in Haitian relief funds. Yeah. So they held uh, uh, fundraisers after the, the hurricane, after after the earthquake and all these, you know, just generally just helping Haiti out. They just love Haiti. Um, not to mention the store across the street from James Elephantis has uh, something to do with Haiti uh, as well. It's some type of outreach program. But now let's even get deeper, though. Um, you can look at uh, the adoption agency thing popping up in some other ways. So, for instance, this is... Uh, pretty crazy, 
but it's true. Uh, the Parkland school shooting, there was two kids that survived that became very famous or at least very um, uh, paramount in the creation of the March for Our Lives movement. If you remember that, that was like the main public relations, PR, they were all over the news, David Hogg and all those kids and promoting, you know, just getting rid of guns. They held a big uh, town hall. Well, anyway, Cameron Caskey was one of the kids that survived. Interestingly, though, Cameron's dad, uh, his name is Jeff. He just so happens to be on the board of adoption agencies as well. And even crazier is the fact that his adoption services called One World Adoption Services ah. has been, yeah, One World, you know, <laughs> interesting oh, there. The same. Yes, yeah, oh, and it, it's insane because he, that his adoption agency has been uh, criticized in the past for falsifying paperwork. Now, again, let's go back to what I just said about the idea of having control over the origin of that paperwork. Mm -hmm. So there he is at his agency falsifying paperwork, but he's mo most mostly criticized uh, for one of his adoption agencies uh, had prematurely given a child away that already had a mother. So the mother was known for, for she was having a mental breakdown of some sort. She, she uh, just was going through an episode. So they had to medicate her, you know, bring her to the hospital. Well, the mother's friend worked for this adoption agency. Mm -hmm. And it turns out she might not have been that much of a friend after all, right. because when she was in a drug-induced stupor, um, she had her sign over her parental rights of her child um, when she was nearly unconscious. And what they did was they gave that child through One World Adoption Services, Jeff Kasky's uh, service, they gave that child to a family, um, I think it was in Idaho. Now, would it blow your mind to know that the person they gave the child to was from the same hometown as Laura Silsby and also worked with Laura Silsby in the past. Hmm. Inc incredible. So once again, you start with an origin point, you know, right. Jeff Caskey in the Parkland shooting, and yet you get to orphanages in Haiti that go back to a woman that was literally convicted of child abduction. And that's not even the only Parkland connection either. Um, uh, Rick Deach has a kid uh, that survived Parkland, and Rick Deach was on the board of uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, Science Foundation. We discovered that when we discovered uh, some old website that's no longer up of Jeffrey Epstein's, and it lists the board members. Yeah, and his father is on that. So I don't know what it is about the Parkland kids and like adoption agencies and Jeffrey Epstein, but there's something there. Well, Jeffrey but, yeah, Epstein so... was very interested in, you know, exactly what we were talking about with farming, basically making baby mm -hmm. farms. And I yep. think, you know, it's all sort of this, uh, I would say like transhumanism, yes. uh, I would say eugenics, uh, he was very interested in speaking to scientists. You know, he he had a lot of friends at MIT. Um, Absolutely. And MIT is also a strange place, but that's, again, a different <laughs> conversation altogether. But I just yep. find the connections. It's always the same playbook. I mean, on like, uh, let, let's just say like a microcosmic level, like where you have, let's say, like a, a famous uh, pedophile who is, I cannot remember his name, but the guy with the gymnasts, you know, they put themselves always in these positions where they have access to do the, the, the creepy, disgusting thing that they want to do. And Precisely. 
people don't want to, you know, realize it, unfortunately, yeah. that there's so much, you know, sickness in the world. Yeah. Um, but and it seems yeah, to be just a general same that. playbook over and over again with any level of this. Any, you could be that creepy dude, you know, Sandusky, whoever you want to talk about that's been a convicted person. They have the same pattern. I'm going to put myself... I'm, it's a long game, right? It's a long con. Right. So Jeffrey Epstein, like, I'm going to run an extortion racket, like, right? So, like, how that, how does he get to be teaching at Dalton or whatever school it was that he was at? You know, it's just wild to me that, you know, people don't... They want to deny these connections, but there are... I think very strong connections to be made. It's so shocking, right? And people, and then people are like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. And of course it does because it's terrible. But like, you need to know that, you know, modern day slavery still exists. So what, right. what, what do you think, if anything, we can do about this? So the best thing that we can do about this is we can, number one is manage expectations. We can never expect mm. that anything will be fully eradicated. But I also don't want you to mistake that statement for being negative or cynical because mm. that, that would be the equivalent of mowing your lawn and being surprised when the grass grows back. That's how evil works <laughs> yes. and that's how good works, right? So good is dedicated to just combating evil to the point that it doesn't always take over. It's a tale as old as time uh, itself yeah. is light versus dark, right? Right. Um, and uh, so that's number one. We have to understand that. But then we also have to understand that there's also more good people in the world than bad people. Uh, mm -hmm. And that is also extremely optimistic. So when people are looking into things like this, rather than shy away from it due to the subject matter, they should rejoice in knowing that once you see it for what it is, you understand that this is a very small group of people comparatively. Um, they, which is precisely why and I've said this and I stick to it, is uh, they rely on secrecy to exist. Their very existence is dependent on our awareness level of them being nearly zero. Imagine living a life that you can only enjoy um, if no one knows what you're doing. That sounds terrible to me. Now, that is also why they rely so heavily on what I call spell casting, right? Mm. And, or in other normal terms, control of the mainstream media, control of the technology companies, and control of every outlet that would otherwise be able to disseminate this information adequately. Because if you break the spell on people, right. uh, meaning their hesitancy to talk about this, their real, their, their knee-jerk reaction to call it crazy, they've created this programming around mm -hmm. normal people to make it sound crazy, to make it so they don't, it's a roadblock before they even get into reading the information. Now, if we eliminate that roadblock, okay, we would have so many people interested in into this thing, into this study, that they wouldn't be able to exist as readily and, and, and flourish as they are. So it's the awareness level being damn near zero through media programming, yes. constant bombardment. Pizzagate is fake news. Pizzagate is this. Everything is fake. It's peddling conspiracy theories as right. opposed to actually like writing good articles saying this is what they assert. This is why we think it's fake. They, the entire Pizzagate debunk narrative was contrived. Yes. They invented an argument that we were apparently making just to de debunk their invented argument. Their debunk was Comet Ping Pong has no basement. We never said it did. We never once said it did. We said that the basement was existing somewhere, 
And we ended up finding that same basement. It was over in Pegasus, James Alphonse's right. other building. Yeah, his and art gallery. Know, right, exactly, his art gallery. Yeah. Now, it's important that, that you know this context or this story, this debunk is contrived because every news article that came out to debunk it had the same uh, template. That's when you know it's almost like they received a mass email yeah. from the overlord, right? Yeah. To say, there were no even original debunks. There was no writer that didn't talk about the basement and instead debunked it from a different angle. No, it was uh, across the board debunk using the same facts that they invented in order to debunk. And it really reveals who people are when they don't even want to spend five minutes into looking in allegations against uh, people hurting kids. Right. Uh, it, it's pretty astounding uh, to me. So what people like you and I can do is, number one, not shy away from information like this. But I think for people like you and I that create content and put this information out into the world, it's also our role uh, to do so in a way that is optical, uh, respectful, and we have to take responsibility for the facts within these image, uh, presentations yes. uh, very heavily. Because yeah. the people that flourish in our in my circles, at least, mm. you know, it's a shame. There's the people that didn't get nuked from YouTube that are kind of within my circle. They make these whimsical, crazy, outlandish claims. They don't even show people how they got to them, or they just take the most extreme example of. Whatever it is, Jeffrey Epstein is cloning people under his island, and that's why everyone in Hollywood has a certain opinion. They're all Epstein clones. Those people are allowed to persist and make videos, and they do so off the kernel that, like, Epstein was interested in baby farming, right? It's like, no, dude, you have to calm down. No one is going to join us with claims like that. You know, you have to stick with the facts. So that's why I was so dedicated to making presentations like the way I do, because anyone can replicate uh, the steps that I make. It's why I show as much as I can in terms of how I got the information. Yep. It, I remind yeah. people objectivity. You have to be. You reel them in. They're like, okay, fine. Let me read this Pizzagate stuff. What videos are they going to find? Well, probably. If they get through the debunk stories that dominate the first fucking five pages of Google, they'll probably land on a video that's just wacky and yeah. too much. It's Something too that much. doesn't know service. It's too much. I think it's just just give people the information that the that you have found, the leads that you have found. This has been really fantastic, and I really, really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to speak with me about this because sure. I think it's a, a big issue, and I, I think it's one of the most censored topics out there and it needs to come to the light because, uh, you know, the best disinfectant is light. And, um, yeah, you can't throw in too much stuff at once. Um, yeah. Let me just... Thank you for uh, the opportunity, too. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. So t ah. t t t tell us really quickly where you can be found on the interwebs. Sure. So you can find me on my YouTube channel, uh, Memory Hold 2.0. Uh, but what would mean a lot to me, that's where most of my videos are being held. Uh, but due to the censorship and everything like that, if I were to ever get banned again, you can find me under the same name, Memory Hold, on BitChute. Mm -hmm. It's going to be my HQ. Uh, DLive.tv slash Memory Hold. I would suggest uh, your listeners, if they watch content at all similar to mine, mm -hmm. uh, sign up for DLive. It's free. It's a live streaming platform, no censorship. That's where we'll be doing live streams exclusively starting in uh, December. And um, I think Great. that about covers it.
Gab, Parlor. I'm on all of those. You're on all uh, of those Insta- things. Yeah. Great. Instagram is kind of uh, one of my faves. Go to Instagram, Memory Hold 7. I make little montages, memes. It's kind of the sillier side of everything. Yeah, so people like I appreciate that one. it. They, yeah, I appreciate you.